Want to know why your interiors or images don't look like the ones you see on your favorite social media feeds? What if I said I could let you know and show you what's missing and how to transform your spaces with clarity and confidence? The truth is creating beautiful interiors is simple when you know the right strategies, but most people go about it the wrong way. This is why I created the Styling Masterclass. It's the only program that simplifies the art and science of styling, giving you the clarity and confidence to take your interiors to the next level and attract your dream customers or clients so you can make your creative dreams finally possible. This is for you if you're an interior designer or photographer, have an Airbnb, a homeware shop or e-commerce business, and you want your interiors to look like the ones you see in your favorite books, magazines or Instagram accounts. Come learn how to style using my signature method so you can elevate any interior and create compelling imagery, which is your most effective marketing tool if you're selling a product or service in the world of interiors. Any successful business owner knows that styling is your secret weapon to cut through the visual noise, stand out from the crowd and grow your business. Styling is something that you don't want to leave to chance. In today's world, images are everything. This is why leading interior designers and architects always use stylists to finesse their spaces for photography to make sure they've got incredible imagery that they can use for their socials and website. Come learn how to make styling not only an essential element, an easy way to create content for your socials and websites, but learn how it can propel the growth of your creative business. If you're serious about creating beautiful interiors and a business you love without struggling in obscurity, this is the program for you. I'm going to share my process and give insights that you're not going to get anywhere else because I've been working as a professional interior stylist for the past 15 years. The Styling Masterclass will give you that clarity and confidence you need to take action and connect with your dream customer or client so you can make your creative dreams possible. Go to nataliewalton.com forward slash next level to learn more and enroll now. Enrollments are open for only a short time. So please, if you're interested and you're ready to take your interiors to the next level, go to nataliewalton.com forward slash next level. Welcome to Imprint, a podcast about creating a home and life you love I'm Natalie Walton, an interior designer, stylist, and best-selling author focused on an holistic approach to homes. Each week, I'm sharing insights and interviews about the creative process to help you enhance both your interiors and well-being, as well as provide you with the tools and resources to make considered and sustainable choices with all that you create. Just a quick note to let you know that my new book, Style, The Art of Creating a Beautiful Home, is now available around the world. If you'd like to get a taste of what's inside, go to nataliewalton.com forward slash style book and you will receive the introduction for free. You can also listen to episode 59 where I read an excerpt from one of my favorite chapters in the book. Order a signed copy at Imprint House or buy a copy from your favorite bookseller. Hello everyone. I'm very excited to share today's interview because as you may have noticed, the world of interiors has gone crazy for natural plaster finishes on the walls. And I get asked all the time about the finish that has been used in the studio, the still studio. And I thought who better to answer all your questions than a bona fide expert, Carmen Kenny, who has the business Mineral Fox. She is a supplier of natural mineral plasters and renders and is really passionate about the power of natural wool finishes from lime, clay and gypsum to enhance health and well-being inside the home. She really breaks down the difference between different finishes such as Tadlac, Marmarino and what is lime plaster to really get you to understand the differences in the looks and what you should look out for as well, what to avoid. It is such an educational episode and I hope that you get as much value out of it as I did. 
Hello, Carmen. Thank you so much for joining me today on the Imprint podcast. I am really looking forward to our conversation because I get so many questions asked about the Tadlac I've used in my studio. And I obviously went on a huge learning curve in relation to that, but there's still so much that I'm really keen to learn about all the different finishes when it comes to plaster. But before we get into that and you sharing your knowledge about what you've learned, can you just give us a little uh, insight into to your journey to this point? What's your background? You know, what did you start before you before you even got into doing this business? Sure, sure. Uh, it's always interesting, isn't it? <laughs> well, um, just to give your listeners a bit of a, a quick overview, I am the founder of Mineral Fox, uh, run the business with my husband, Rob, and we have a team here in Noosa, in Queensland, and we offer primarily natural mineral plasters and renders that are made here in Australia alongside the best boutique finishes from around the world. So we have beautiful clay plaster from Clayworks in the UK alongside uh, micro cement from Macadia Decoration in France and our catalogue is continually growing. So that's what we do. We work with um, applicators across the country and we also support um, our clients to DIY small projects with our materials as well. So a bit of a strange story. Um, I actually uh, spent 15 years in IT, uh, working for Fortune 500 tech companies around the world in um, channel uh, development, actually. So it's funny how things come around, isn't it? The skills that seem totally like what would I ever do with this comes around now when we're working with applicators and um, channel partners to distribute our materials. Um, I grew up in a small town in a caravan and um, quit school at grade 10, uh, went on the dole, <laughs> came back the next year, realised that wasn't much fun, worked really hard, um, moved to Brisbane and then Melbourne and then um, multiple countries after that. So that's my my story. <laughs> I would like to know what is channel development? Because you say it sort of relates in some way to this. What is channel development? Yeah, for uh, companies that sell business to business and they want to achieve scale, uh, selling through other businesses is a way to do that. So in tech, for example, you would have uh, integrators and resellers that would resell the hardware to end customers. So it's a way to, to scale. So if you liken that to um, plaster and render, for example, you know, you need to get materials to different places. It gets expensive when you start shipping and um, people need to be able to see and touch the materials. So having applicator partners, having distribution um, is just as important to achieve scale, especially in a country like this. So then you said, you know, you grew up in Brisbane and now you live in Noosa. And for those of our listeners who aren't familiar with the geography of Australia, that's about, well, how many hours is it north of Brisbane? Uh, it's now it's uh, very fast. It's about an hour and a half, but I'm sorry. I didn't mention, I, I actually grew up in Gympie, a oh. very small town and, uh, I grew up in a caravan. So, uh, very different, <laughs> very different to Noosa. That's for sure. But that's about an hour away. Yeah. And so how did you end up then, you know, you said you sort of worked in the world of tech, how on earth did you end up? with a business that's all about the home, plaster finishes, creating a healthy environment, creating a beautiful interior. I'm also curious about your journey with homes as well, but how did you end up with this business? Well, um, I was always a little bit strange when I look back uh, over the years. I was someone that, well, I lived in a, a lot of different countries and traveled a lot, but I always noticed finishes. So when I would go to Morocco or would I go to Greece, I would take photos, I would check bags on building sites, I would ask people. And um, 
actually on, on the third date with my husband in London, I proclaimed that I wanted a Moroccan bathroom one day. So it was a little bit strange. <laughs> and um, just uh, when, when we moved to Australia many years later, I had all these grand dreams of what, what I wanted in my home. And then I quickly realised that those materials didn't exist here in Australia and um, largely due to you know, young country, the way that we build our, our buildings, it's primarily been a cement render kind of a, a place, exterior cement and acrylic renders. And um, going through that process of trying to find those kinds of materials, trying to find the people that um, could apply them and work with them. And just, um, I think, as you were touching on before, that lack of transparency and ease to uh, access information around these kind of products. Um, that kind of took me on a journey of um, learning, but also I experienced um, failures where uh, people were using, professionals were installing materials that weren't suited for our types of buildings in the areas that we wanted to use them. And then I, I experienced just a, a lack of um, information and help when we tried to fix things with other materials. Uh, that also went bad. So I ended up um, empowering myself essentially um, with uh, training and started to apply myself. And I just want to put it out there. I'm not a professional applicator. Nothing can compete with 20 years of or so of experience. It's, it's not child's play. But um, I was able to um, fix our bathroom and uh, I started doing my own work and started researching materials, importing materials, testing materials, and it just kind of evolved. But it got to the point um, where women especially were coming to me with questions. How do, I, um, how do I fix my failed bathroom or what material should I use here and where can I go for this and who do you recommend? And I knew that um, there was something there that, was unique to me and that was a real pull. It's just because nothing like Mineral Fox has existed before, I didn't know what form that would take, what the business would actually look like. So I started it in a DIY kind of context where I was helping primarily women with online courses, information and selling material for their own small DIY products, uh, projects, and then it quickly escalated beyond that to be what it is today, much bigger. And how long ago was that approximately that you sort of started <laughs> to go on this journey? Uh, well, the journey has been a long one, I would say, you know, at least 10 years of, of learning and um, doing <laughs> researching, traveling, all of that with a focus on finishes. But the actual, um, you know, from when we started making an offering has been less than two years. Okay. All right. That's interesting. Well, it's interesting yeah. you say your experience of having other people come to you, that you've had a few bad experiences with products and probably trades as well, I imagine. And, and that's kind of how I came across you is we know someone mutually that had had a bad experience and... <clears throat> excuse me. And, um, and she was telling me about you and I looked you up and I thought, wow, I wish I knew that you existed um, prior to, to kind of me working on my studio, because it really is hard to get information in general, you know, whether you're talking about your specific trade or websites or whatever, there's just, there's really, it just seems like so much there's so many words and terms that seem a little bit foreign, you know, and let's be honest, I mean, you know, trades are very skilled at what they do, but sometimes their skill is not communication, you know, in terms of sort of sharing knowledge or, you know, like, and, and that's for any type of trade, whether it's a plumber, whether it's an electrician, you know, they just, they know what they know, they get in there, they do the job and, and you kind of go, oh, okay, it's done. You know, like you have to really educate yourself on the process and, it can feel quite overwhelming at that beginning stage when you actually don't have a lot of knowledge about a particular thing. And then all of a sudden, you know, you're getting asked questions about, well, do you want to do this thing or that thing? And yeah, it can be, it can be really tricky. So 
um, like I said, I'm so excited to sort of learn from you about the things that you have learned. I guess I just want to touch a little bit though. So uh, have you been a handy person in the past? Like, are you one of those people who's always sort of DIYed your own home or renovated your own home? And, and is your home important to you? Do you? Have you done a lot of renovations? Like what's your story, your home journey, I guess? Yeah, sure. So for me, home is a very important um, place. It's a place that not only I want to feel safe in, but for me personally, I want to feel inspired in. Um, and for my family, I want to feel healthy in. I don't want to be worried about things that can harm my children. Um, our home is completely, it's probably hard to see behind me, but um, coated in plasters and um, a floor, um, a bathroom, everything. <laughs> um, and I'm not a DIY kind of person generally, um, but I love plaster and plaster, I think as this kind of, as people get more familiar with it, you'll see it's very cathartic, um, therapeutic kind of material, a little like ceramics and uh, well, clay, clay plaster. You can roll it in your hand. It's very, smells beautiful, looks beautiful. It's very sens sensory. And um, I enjoy that. And I think a lot of women do. Women that have tried our materials, um, they love it. And it's a, not only a sense of achievement, but like I say, you, you, you can't just pick up a trowel and be like a, a master. I mean, there are people that we work with that are truly masters of what they do, especially with natural finishes. But what you can achieve with some materials is still a very beautiful, healthy, organic looking finish. And um, that's what I enjoy. I, I am totally in love with all the materials and I love nothing more than creating and experimenting and colors and new textures and things. Um, but in my home, I will do a granny flat or a wall or a bathroom because I love the process. It just, it feels nice and it's a, it's a joyful experience. And when you've done it, you feel great when you look back and go, yeah, I did that. And it looks beautiful. So can you break it down for us then? Can you kind of give us like the dummies version of wall finishes, the different types of option and what differentiates them? Can you sort of go through some of the different ones, the key ones, I guess? Yeah, sure. Sure. So um, first of all, plaster and render. I, a lot of people, um, because this is a new kind of thing here, I suppose, render is normally when we're talking about outside coatings, outside finishes, like um, outside you'll have cement render and acrylic renders. That's pretty normal. And then plaster is usually internal. Now, we're talking today about decorative plasters. You've also got plasterboard setting plasters that you get at Bunnings. So I've had people ask me before, oh, my husband says I can just get some plaster from Bunnings. That's a different kind of plaster. It's a gluey material used to set plasterboard. And then you've got uh, micro cement. And micro cement is, um, it's kind of an in-between. It's, it's not a natural material. And there are as many different micro cements as there are paints. Uh, cheap ones and premium ones. Um, the one I've imported and tested at least six different micro cements from different countries. And um, there are very, very big differences between them. Um, in terms of plaster, that's probably where you're getting a lot of, there's a lot of um, different types. Uh, in Australia, and generally speaking, I would say across Europe and the US, you typically have been seeing a lot of what people call Venetian plaster. Venetian plaster is uh, traditionally from Venice. <laughs> it's lime, uh, lime with marble. It's designed so that you can polish it. So it's usually in this country uh, interchangeable with the term polished plaster. And you can definitely get natural Venetian plaster, of course. It's a very old material. But a lot of Venetian plaster is ready mixed. So it's um, pre-mixed in a bucket with acrylic to make it easier to go on and easier for people to use. So it's, um, as I always tell people, just because something has lime in it or something has clay in it, 
doesn't mean it's a, it's a natural material. It's always important to know what you're getting. Um, so that's Venetian. Marmorino is also um, something that you hear a lot. And that's essentially the same thing, but not polished the way that Venetian plaster is. And, um, you know, I started Mineral Fox out of frustration because there was pretty much Venetian plaster, concrete effect looking plasters, fake stone looking plasters. And, you know, I wanted something very minimal and timeless and matte. And that's where, you know, for me, Venetian, a lot of people really like that. But for me, it was just very busy. And in my home and in my environment, I'm looking for a more pared down, natural, subtle look. And um, that's kind of why I, I started to discover lime and clay and what have you. So in your, in your group of lime plaster, you have um, Venetian, you have Marmorino, um, you probably Tadelect. Uh, Tadelect is traditionally a Moroccan lime plaster. It's as much referring to the unique material as it is the process. And in this country, there are a lot of different <laughs> versions of Tadelect. So there's been recreations of Tadelact and um, ready mixed Tadelact, but the traditional Tadelact, um, there is that I'm aware of one person, there might be more, that import original Tadelact from Morocco. And uh, it's applied in a very specific time intensive way, very thick, and uh, it's then compressed and polished with the stone. There's um, uh, black olive soap applied that has a carbonization with the lime to make it waterproof or water resistant. Um, and Tadelact is a very beautiful material that has its own look. You can't replicate real Tadelact. It's a very supple, slightly undulated, smooth finish, but it has to be done properly. And when you're working in wet areas with modern building materials like cement sheeting, uh, it needs to be done exactly right. Otherwise, that's when, you know, problems can occur and there's been a lot of that sadly uh, it happened to to me as well um, can i just and, sorry inter mm. sorry can i just interrupt on that because mm. i'm quite curious um because i've sort of read and from my understanding is that people say that you can use tadlac in the bathroom and that it's actually very good in a bathroom and i remember even sort of re doing my kind of research and looking online and saying well that's actually how they use it in morocco so you're saying that because we have a different process to building the buildings and that's where I guess the compromise comes in, you know, the material maybe becomes compromised and you can have issues with perhaps water damage. Is that what you think is happening or am I uh, misunderstanding? There are, there are, no, no, no. Uh, there are a few things that are at play. Um, one is there are different types of Tadelact on the market. So, there is original Tadelact that comes from a specific place in Morocco and it has its specific application system. But then you've also got companies that make their own Tadelact. So it's a lime plaster that has characteristics of, and aesthetics of Tadelact, but it's not the exact same plaster. It's not the same system. So if you were to have real Tadelacts from Morocco and follow the exact application system. It would be a very, very time intensive process. Um, it's put on thick, it's compressed, it's the water has to come out of it, it's polished, it's soaked. And that's one thing. Uh, there are some Tadelacts that are just put on thin and then they rely on a sealer. So whether that be a polyurethane sealer or uh, a wax sealer, but that's the difference with the material. Then when it comes to the building um, situation that uh, we're talking about, in Morocco, you're typically building on a natural material like a stone or something like that. And you put on the material, natural material and natural material, it has a natural cohesion and it also works together. 
when you're putting a natural material like a lime plaster on a cement sheet, it relies on something else to hold it on there. And it's also not breathing and cohering the way that it was designed to do. So sometimes what can happen is that the water can get into that plaster between uh, the plaster and the waterproofing membrane that we've applied on, on sheeting, which is a acrylic material, not natural, starts to come away. It starts to crack. It starts to get mold spores. It starts to discolor. And, and that's kind of, um, I think, something that is really good to remember. If you want a natural material to be functional, um, when it comes to water or weather, things like that, it's, it's important to consider the whole building. It's important to not just consider the coating, but to consider what the coating's going on and how they perform together. So we say that we have uh, natural lime renders for outside. These are a breathable lime-based render, an alternative to acrylic renders. But we don't like putting them on sheeting because they don't hold on and they don't, you know, sheeting, uh, you usually see rubbery acrylic renders on those. They, it holds on, it moves, and whereas with natural plasters and renders, um, if you want them to be functional with weather and, and wet, uh, it's, it's good to have natural substrates as well. So, so would you? I hope that's yeah. Sorry, <laughs> no, 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 it's, it's actually answering a lot of questions that I have in my mind. Um, but would Good. you recommend then, if if somebody did want to um, use something such as Tadlac in their own home, that they should then be applying it to like. I mean, when you say natural surface, like is that like brick or, you know, like if they're sort of building a studio or, you know, there's a particular area in their home that they want to put it on, what would you recommend mm -hmm. to them then? Mm -hmm. So I would say, first of all, know why you want Tadalact because I'll, I'll come to some more plasters. You know, they're all lime plasters, but they each have different aesthetics and different functions. Um, and so I think it's important, you're part of what we're trying to do is to educate people um, and, and allow them to advocate for what they really want, not what they think they want. So, you know, like Venetian Tadalact, a lot of people think they want Tadalact, but they don't understand why. They just want a look. Um, that, not always, but sometimes, you know, they might see it in a magazine or something. Um, so with... With Tadalacts and natural materials that need to function like that, then whoever's applying them should be able to guide you. But yes, I would say that it's better to have block uh, or brick um, as the substrate and not sheeting. Um, but, you know, I would recommend people also talk to their applicator. I would also recommend people understand and, and ask what the product is, you know, what brand are you using? What, um, what is it? Uh, what's the system? Start asking questions so that you can empower yourself with um, what's actually being used because sometimes we think we're getting a, a Tadalact and we might be getting something else. Also asking about sealers and, um, is also really important as well. But uh, sorry, I'm going off on a tangent no, now. No, 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 it's good. So, no, no, it's, yeah, I just thought it was interesting to know because I get mm. asked a lot of questions mm. and, um, yeah, so, okay, so you're talking about, so you've spoken about Venetian plaster, which is like a, it's more of a shiny yes. finish, isn't it? It's quite a busy look it's, in terms yeah. of the, the space. So, and then we've yeah, talked, so, spoken uh, about Marmorino and uh, Tadlact. Mm -hmm. Um, what would you mm -hmm. say is the difference between Marmorino and Tadalact in terms of how they look? Well, Tadalact is usually used in wet areas. That's the first thing. Like I don't see too much Tadalact outside wet areas apart from your beautiful studio. Um, usually it's kept for that area and a lot of that has to do with price as well. Um, uh, the If you wanted to just compare them on an aesthetic basis. Tadalact has a traditional original Tadalact has an unmistakable 
undulation, smoothness and suppleness that it's difficult to describe. I think you have to see it. You know, if you think of Moroccan bathrooms and those beautiful round edges and that subtle sheen, it's very fine plaster and very, um, that's, that's why you use Tadalact usually if you want to use it in wet areas or you want that really beautiful molded look in uh, basins and you can't get that you can you can try you can put other materials over a, a, a cement base or something but nothing looks exactly like the original thing the marmarino is typically a, a more paired back version of the venetian so venetian's polished to a high shine it's got lots of veining in it lots of motion Marmarino is a bit more subtle, so you get it's still an Italian look, but it's not as full on as the polished Venetian. So it's kind of an in between. It's not that um, like the other plasters that we offer are more your matte, uh, very matte, slightly nuanced, um, timeless feel. So when you look at um, like Kim Kardashian's house, the the that's kind of being passed around a bit now and that's lime plaster and it's it's more like a natural um it's an italian lime but it's not polished uh the way that venetian is and it's not finished the way that marmarino is so it's it's much more paired back lime plaster so you can yeah. have different kinds of lime plasters outside of your marmarinos and venetians and tadalacs like we offer that just have different kinds of what we call aggregates. So you can have marble, you can have sand, you can have different grain sizes, you can have different binders and, and it just affects the look of the plaster itself. Okay. And so um, I'm dying to know, so what have you used in your own home? <laughs> <laughs> well, sadly, um, not sadly, uh, our home was done by a lovely guy, um, a very, very good applicator um, from Byron, actually, um, maybe seven or eight years ago. And this is um, what's called in Australia, they call it a Spanish plaster. It's a, it's a gypsum plaster. Um, and it's got a, a polyurethane sealer over it. Um, what we do that's different and that is around the outside of our home and in our granny flat and um, at our beach house, we use our Ibiza gypsum and lime plaster, which is um, a plaster made very local and uh, Australian ingredients. It's, uh, we leave it unsealed so that it's breathable and you get all the health benefits from it and it's put on very thick. So it has that kind of thick undulation, I suppose. Um, and we've, I've done a custom tint on it. So we've got a lovely eucalyptus color and um, yeah, it's lots of different finishes um, around the place. But sadly in our own home, we've still got the finishes from the days where I was trialing things and didn't know, you know what was out there, I suppose. So just to clarify, and I'm hoping I'm yes. asking for every, on everyone's behalf, not just my own. Yes. So gypsum plaster, is that different to lime plaster or can you explain? Yeah, sure, sure. Do you, maybe, maybe I'll just go through the materials we offer and what's different about them. That might be the simplest um, yep. uh, thing, right? <laughs> so for our... Um, for our internal products, we have um, we have a micro cement, which is from France, um, one of the most premium micro cements in the world. Micro cement, it's uh, original form because there's all different kinds, but true micro cement is cement with resin. So the cement is hard, the resin is flexible and highly water resistant. So that's applied in wet areas, floors, um, basins, um, countertops, and a wide range of colors. It looks natural, but it's very, very strong. So it's not gonna chip the way that plaster would chip. And it's also water resistant in itself. So it's not just relying on a sealer over the top of it. So that's, that's a, big part of our business. It's a really game changing material. And then we have plasters. So we have um, our gypsum and lime plaster is a very 
unusual plaster. No one else offers it in Australia. It's based on old Mediterranean recipes. Um, the gypsum and lime, they're a bit of a strange combination. They kind of work against each other, but with each other. I won't go into all the detail, but it's a material that gives that Mediterranean look. You can put it on very thick so that um, the health benefits that I'll talk about soon, you know, I'd love to share, um, are you know, more pronounced because the thicker you put something on, the more it's going to be working for you. And it's a great, it's a great entry level plaster to have all through your house, very matte and very natural looking. So it doesn't look like a Venetian. It doesn't look like a Marmorino. Um, it has no acrylics or VOCs in it. Then we have a clay plaster full catalog from Clayworks in the UK. They are an incredible uh, company really leading the way with clay plaster finishes in the world. Clay is probably one of the most sustainable finishes available. Um, different natural materials have different, I guess you could evaluate them differently. Like cement is, you know, we'll keep that out of this conversation, but fired at a very high temperature, cement accounts for last time I checked at least 5% of the world's CO2 emissions. So when you start talking about natural plasters, um, that's why we talk about lime and clay. Lime is fired at a lower heat. So while it's not as strong as cement, it's much more, it's better for the environment. And then clay is a raw material, so it's not fired at all. So, um, but it gives a very um, beautiful, subtle look that lime plasters can't replicate. So it's very, um, it's got a very unique aesthetic and uh, very, very good for your health as well. And then we have various lime plasters that um, give, again, a timeless matte look. Different finishes are available. But none of our plasters have acrylics in them. They're not ready mixed. They come in paper sacks and you mix them with water and they just have that real pared back nuanced look that um, is kind of like the opposite of of your shiny, polished, busy plasters. And um, one of the, I guess, one of the things that I realized when I started going down this journey myself of um, getting the, the Tadlac um, in this studio, and I'll, I'll just preface that, well, I saw Tadlac in the home of um, someone who I shot from one of my books still, The Slow Home and she had it in her kitchen and some other spaces and I really loved it. And then we were sort of looking to put it in here and then it was sort of like, well, if we do that little bit and it's actually not a very big studio at all. So it just, even though I knew at the time it was a more expensive finish, I just thought we'll just do it. <laughs> it's, yeah, not a big, it's, it's not a big area. Um, <laughs> yeah. but, um, but one of the things that I sort of learned or it kind of put the fear of God in me a little bit was the fact that obviously when, when this type of finish is being applied to a wall, I mean, I used to work like 20 plus years ago in a paint store. Like I, you know, I'm from the world of paints and, and I know that paints, you know, that's like almost a whole other conversation about the, you know, the toxicity levels in some of them mm -hmm. and, you know, and, and the environmental impact, but you know, paint is so easy to use in terms of if you, if you have a light fitting and you decide you're going to change where that light fitting is and you can quickly just repaint over it or you can touch it up with plaster or whatever. What mm -hmm. is, would you say, you know, to sort of be, I guess it's again, to educate people, if you are mm -hmm. using a plaster finish, can you make changes to your space and not, or can you sort of do it yourself? Like if you, if you want to change something, if you want to move a light fitting or, or whatever, or, you know, what's involved with that? Like, is that something that is a little bit of something to be aware of before you go into the, the situation or the process, you know, and get it into your spaces? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I get asked this quite a bit. Um, it does vary depending on the material. Clay is extremely forgiving. Um, they kind of depend. If you've put colour in the plaster, that's more difficult. Because when you put water in, activates the lime and, and you can get watermarking when you try and blend it. Um, but generally speaking, what I would say to people is um, if they've got a natural coloured plaster, um, you, it's, it's generally fine to patch it. 
uh, you can drill it. Um, it's, it also comes down to cost. So if you're paying for a very specialized finish, you're paying a, a master plasterer to do a, an incredible finish, that's going to be hard to patch because that's their workmanship, that's their hand on that plaster. If you've got just a very flat or a, you, you've done it yourself, that's easy to plaster, that's easy to fix, no problem. But generally speaking, um, if you're doing it yourself or um, you just want to make minor changes or you've got a chip somewhere, it's not a big deal. We always um, recommend people keep a bag, um, you know, just in a cupboard in the shed just in case you need it in the future but it does it does depend on the finish but i i, I do want to i just realized when we're talking about substrates and tadelact for example with our natural plasters they absolutely can be applied straight over plasterboard so even though they're traditional natural materials our Ibiza gypsum and lime plaster, our clay plaster, and our, our French lime plasters, they can go directly over plasterboard. They can also go over cement sheeting with our bond. So they're still very, um, they're very uh, suited to modern building design. It's just when we're talking about wet areas and areas that have to have a high function and using natural materials, that's when, you know, you want to consider the substrate. Yeah. And I, I mean, just on that point about sort of making changes, I mean, that's why before, well, while I was creating this studio, I put so much thought and effort into, okay, exactly where do I want all my light fittings to go, my wall switches, my PowerPoints, because to just design it well so that I don't have to make changes. So you know, that's what I say yeah, to my students yeah. is that you just have to, yeah. you know, if you're going to go down this road, I think the best thing is to really think out your design very intentionally, very thoughtfully, and know where you're going to put all the things. Think about, you know, how this space is going to function over time so that you might just be changing the fitting of the light thing, but not necessarily moving the position of it. You know, you might want to update a pendant, but you don't have to actually move, you know, its point from the wall or you can take off the, you know, the metal component or whatever. But um, yeah, so that's yes. something you know, because I get asked a lot about that um, with students and, and just people in general on Instagram. I'm sure you get asked a million questions too. Um, but one other thing that I wanted to ask you about in relation to, to all of that and something that I get asked a lot is, you know, people ask, say, if they want to have a finish on a bench top in a kitchen or in a bathroom, you know, that instead of sort of going for cement, you know, like a sort of traditional kind of cement finish, what do you recommend for those kind of areas? Micro cement. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> but it's really important. It's really important that um, your listeners know that it, micro cement is like saying plaster or render. There are lots of different kinds. And what we see is that um, because this is such a new thing, people, <clears throat> and we talk about access to information and transparency before, People are just kind of grabbing the term micro cement and then going out and asking for micro cement and ending up with something that is perhaps not uh, what they wanted in terms of look and durability and main, you know, the ability to maintain it. So you know, we're trying to educate people on the differences. Um, there are cheaper versions. Um, they might have lime in them. They might, and, and they may be fine for shower walls, for example. But when you're doing countertops and you're doing basins and vanities, it's really important that you have something that is very, very strong and easy to clean. So um, sometimes if, if the, and this is also why a professional really comes, we, we provide DIY, but Professionals can really, they get a very smooth finish. We call it closing the grain. That will make your finish, especially on countertops and vanities um, and floors, so much easier to clean because they know how to get that smooth surface. But I would say to clients um, to know what they're getting and ask for what they want um, because if there are a lot of different micro cements um, and all vary greatly. So, yeah, we try and 
share information as much as we can to help people and send samples so people can see. We've got on our website, you can order finished samples so people can see and feel the finish that they're likely to get um, so they know what to expect. Yeah. Okay. And and that yeah, that's such a huge thing, isn't it? Just being able to see it. Yes. You know, it's. I think you know you see yes. it and you instantly know like the difference in what it looks like and yes. feels like. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. And we have yeah. a team of people in our warehouse uh, just doing samples because it's it takes so long, but it's really important. We want we want our end clients to know what they're getting. Yeah. No. Well, now I want to ask, unless there are any other finishes you want to talk about, but I did want to ask about the, the health benefits of mm-hmm. using these natural materials in your home. Certainly that was the appeal to me of, of using a natural finish in the space. And we really did notice the difference because um, when we use paints, even paints that purport to be low VOC, I'd, I still get a headache from them. And, um, mm. you know, I even just you know, I was talking to a friend the other day and they had done a home and had everything with natural materials and they had to move homes. And, and she said like her son was getting nosebleeds. I mean, that's from things like vinyl flooring, you know, synthetic carpets, all of those things. I mean, the the materials that are in our homes do have a huge impact on how we feel and our, you know, and our health implications. So can you just talk a little bit to that? Absolutely. So, um, the, the main thing, the first thing is you know, natural plasters. Um, it's important to check what's in the natural plasters. There's no acrylics or anything like that. But um, if it's a natural plaster, there are no VOCs, formaldehydes, additives. Um, so that's full stop. That's a good thing to have on your wall. Um, the second thing is around the material being breathing active and its ability to maintain or regulate relative humidity inside your home. So one thing that's been happening, um, we've been spending more and more time indoors uh, like the last two years, but since, since the early 40s, um, Western society been spending more and more time indoors. Our building materials have also changed a lot from your traditional timber and stone to um, things like sheeting. And then we also have buildings that are more sealed off, so more airtight. And so, and then we're also painting often is, is the normal choice, painting those walls inside our homes with a synthetic paint or varnish and, and the outside of our homes with um, a synthetic paint as well. So it's kind of like wrapping your home in cling film in a way. But what, what that means, like when you use a, a natural plaster on the inside of your home, you're allowing the walls and the fabric of your building to breathe. That's one thing. And it's helping to stop moisture being trapped in the fabric of your building. And that will help to prevent building decay, but also any kind of mold or, or fungi growth in the, the walls itself. But also by having a, a quality natural plaster on your walls, it's going to help with moisture regulation. So there's a, an optimal uh, humidity level for indoor air um, for most people and between 40 and 50% relative humidity. When that gets too high, you know, when you see condensation on windows from, you know, a lot of moisture content, and that comes from things like washing, cooking and breathing, that all is getting released into the air and inside your home and it's sitting on the walls. When you've got a natural breathing plaster, that will help take that moisture in. When the moisture levels go high, it'll be like a sponge and take that moisture in. And then when the humidity level drops and the air gets drier, it releases it back. So it helps to maintain an optimal indoor air moisture level. And why that's important, first of all, it's it's going to inhibit mold and fungi and that's something that is linked to asthma and allergies and it's just something that you know is becoming more and more important you know the the terrible floods around where you are and here and even up here there's so much moisture and mold and people are very concerned about that so using natural 
plasters, uh, lime is a natural uh, mold inhibitor. And sorry, lime and clay. Also, they're working proactively to keep that moisture level low inside your home. They're also um, great for regulating um, temperature, and also uh, clay is great for absorbing pollution and odor, diffusing light. So you'll know yourself when you see light come in the way that it's soft and diffused with, throughout a room. And it's also, as you know, you, you get a sense of well-being from a living finish on your wall that it feels different, it feels cocooning. And when you look at it, it's not like a, a plastic painted wall, you know, it's not flat, it's not inert, it is a living finish that is working with you and your family. So, you know, for, for especially women that are eating organic food, filtering their water, buying organic bedding for their babies, you know, this is something that um, I hope people consider more what they're putting on their, their wall surfaces. And even if you can't have a, a straw bale or a cob or a rammed earth home, you can still put a beautiful natural breathing finish on your walls and help to enhance your air health inside. It's funny that you talk about humidity because right now a massive storm was breaking overhead. I don't know if you can hear can the rain falling on the tin roof. Yeah, yeah. And um, you're talking about humidity levels. I mean, because we have had all this flooding and, and we're sort of getting a dehumidifier and moving it around the rooms. And at the moment, I mean, it's constantly, as soon as we turn it on, it's about 75%, if not more. And then we can kind of get it down to sort of 60 if we're lucky, you know, like we keep it going and emptying the carton. But yeah, the humidity level is, is really, really high. And um, actually, I just want to ask, can you put these kind of finishes? I, I don't think it would work, but can you put it on timber? Like it's in, we have in our, in our living room, I, I wouldn't want to hide the, the timber effect of it's just like a shiplap kind of thing but can you put them on timber or not because we've got so much timber on our home not many of the rooms yeah. actually have you know it's sort of like a um, like a lining board as such yes yes so the challenge with timber being a natural material it will move it, it moves with the temperature and, and it moves with water so it expands and contracts and moves around that's not ideal when it comes to coating so you don't want a movement like that also, the, the ability for the natural plasters to adhere to timber, you can do it with the bond, but it's just something that um, is not, it's not an ideal substrate, put it that way, but there's always ways around it. And, um, you know, that's something happy to discuss with you, but yeah, typically- No, it's just curious. Yeah. It's not, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, and so, so yeah, like I said, we've spoken about the health benefits, and I'm really curious as well about the courses that you run because I saw that and I thought that's just fantastic. Can you talk a little bit more about the courses that you offer to people? Yeah, of course. So we, I started the business originally as a DIY business, and it's gone in a very different direction now, where we're working on a very large projects. Um, thankfully, these days, but we still very much. Um, believe in that whole advocating people's cho choices and empowering people to it shouldn't just be for people that can afford expensive finishes they should be able to um, have healthy finishes in their homes so um, I have a I say I because it was me that was being filmed but uh, my husband escaped it <laughs> there's a, a online course and it teaches people how to apply our Ibiza gypsum and lime plaster. It's, you know, for DIY, we do recommend keeping the space um, fairly small, um, having realistic expectations around, you know, an, an organic um, finish. You're not going to get a perfectly flat, um, you know, you need a professional for some things. But if you want a really organic, uh, beautiful, natural finish on a wall or in a bedroom, uh, then you can purchase the plaster on our website and you can also do our online course. And that that's me um, as a total novice teaching people how to, everything they need to prepare the plaster, to prepare the wall, 
to get it on the wall, finish it, basically everything they need to know. So it's, it's something that I recommend because this is new to most people and I find that it's a much more enjoyable um, experience when you can watch someone talk you through it. Yeah, no, it's, it sounds great. I mean, it sounds like the ideal thing if you're really wanting to learn more about the process and maybe start with like a kid's room or, you know, like a small area yeah. that you want to just test out the yeah. idea. Maybe your office, if you work from home and that's the kind of stuff that you're breathing yeah. in all the time. Yeah, no, it's great. Totally. Yeah. All right. Or a studio. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right. Well, I think we've covered most of the different finishes that are available. And I really appreciate you going through all of those with us and talking about the health benefits and, and how people can do it as well. Um, I love the fact that you have got samples. I'm definitely going to be getting some of those um, <laughs> for my next project. And because uh, even just to getting samples can be really tricky, you know, just that in itself. Um, now, I've got yeah. some questions that I wanted to ask you. These are just like a rapid fire before we finish up a rapid fire type questions, um, just to give a little bit more of an insight into you and, and your journey. And, um, and I just thought it would be fun to um to take a look at that as well all right so which five words best describe you which five come to mind straight away oh my goodness uh, uh <laughs> um creative uh driven <laughs> introvert um dreamer and um i guess loving with me my family What's the best life or career lesson you've learned? Um, I think after all these years, it's, it's been a hard one to learn, but just to follow my excitement. So um, when I was younger, you know, you want the good job and the money and things like that, what you think is successful. Um, what I've learned now is that if I see something, I meet somebody, I get excited. I, you know, there's that rush of excitement. I have to follow it. So learning to use that as a guide. Yeah, it's like that sort of saying, like, follow your bliss or follow your joy, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, but it's uh, for me, it's very specific. It's like, okay, if I'm in a place, I'm talking to someone, I get that excitement. It means I'm, I'm where I need to be. Very important. What's your proudest career achievement? Well, um, I have to say just being where we're at, um, this is not an easy thing to do. It's not an easy industry. Um, you're trying to do things differently. Um, you know, especially as a woman, different materials, trying to, you know, go to market in a different way. It's been difficult, you know, the first, um, the first part, uh, just, and I was on my own then, um, but now working with some of the, the largest architecture firms and design firms, and we have a team and some of the best applicators around the country. Um, it's a real wow kind of thing to look back and go, wow, just proud overall that, you know, we're at the point we're at, um, with some great people around us. What's been your best decision? Um, I think. It's a bit of a strange one because we're a, essentially, technically, we're a, a material supplier. You know, we're, we are in the business of supplying plasters, renders, micro cement. But, and that typically means selling a lot of products. But we made the decision to, while we'll always be boutique, you know, we are boutique, we always will be boutique, we made the decision to say small and we made a decision to only work with um, a select few applicators um, for the first year and a bit. Um, and that's changing and that will continue to change. We will, we will grow, are growing, but just keeping our, our community tight and making sure that everything we do is right and everything is beautiful. And if there were any problems that we, we could go in and um, make it right so i think that was while it was um really difficult and at the expense of finances um the decision to really keep it tight and small for the first you know 18 months or so has been the right decision interesting who inspires you 
oh, well, I'm one of those people that I'm always listening to podcasts and I'm always reading books. And so I've kind of, I follow an Indian guru called Sadhguru. I listen to, you know, motivational speakers and spiritual teachers, Tim Ferriss, business books, you know, all that kind of thing. So um, I, I'm always trying to get whatever help I can get on a daily basis. <laughs> yeah, so no one person. Yeah, no, I get that. I get that. Um, what, are you <laughs> what are you passionate about? Well, um, a lot, obviously, but I think just generally making finishes like, you know, what the ones that we're making, um, an accessible choice for most people alongside paint and tiles. What dream do you still want to fulfill? <laughs> well, I would like to write a book like you have. That's, that would be, that's like a big dream. That's massive. I've actually got your books just over there. <laughs> um, a big dream is to make Mineral Fox accessible for most um, people. Um, we're opening our first showroom next month we, well, we're starting work on it here on the sunshine coast and we plan to grow that out so that people can come they can experience the finishes they can ask questions and just make it an, an inspirational and fun exciting thing as opposed to a scary um confusing one i love that so much i mean i think that you know People ask me so many questions and I can imagine how many questions you get asked. So you can hopefully redirect them to this podcast and say, look, these are, I'm just laying it out to Natalie. Yes. This is answering. Just listen to this yes. episode. You'll get your questions answers. But yeah, I think that's wonderful. So what are you reading at the moment? So it sounds like you probably have a lot of books on your bedside table. What are you reading at the moment? Yes, yes. Well, there's one that I think you'll like, actually. I'm not sure if you've heard of it. It's called A Modern Way to Live. It's by a UK author called um, Matt Gibbard. And um, it's a book, it's a very beautiful book, first and foremost, but he talks about different design principles that um, I guess they're more traditional, but have been lost a bit in modern buildings. So things like light, nature, um, what else is there? Um, materiality and just um, when you spoke about light switches before, it, it one of the things I got out of the book, um, usually with things like light switches and um, uh, doorknobs and things like that, I just, they get overlooked. But he's talking about you should spend money where you're going to be touching things the most. You know, what's going to come into, what are you going to come into contact with? And things like light switches, you're touching them all the time. Do you really want plastic? And I notice you've got metal ones and um, door handles, same thing, beautiful brass or iron door handles. So that really has been an eye-opener for me and I'm really enjoying it. Yeah, I always say that, that, you know, invest, like people often go cheap with hardware and I always think actually invest in that. That's the stuff that you're touching and using every single day. Like that's you know, you can really feel the quality in it. And I always think there's a big yeah. difference, you know, between the sort of the cheaper versions and the ones that actually, you know, stand the test of time. Um, but I haven't heard yes. of that book, so I definitely will look it up. What are you listening to? Yes, I'll send it to you. Uh, old school hip hop and podcasts. <laughs> yeah, one or the other. <laughs> yeah. What, so you said, you mentioned Tim Ferriss. Are there any others that are some of your favourites? Yes, yeah, a bit of a mix. So um, Sadhguru. So he's an Indian guru that just does very short um, spiritual advice every day. He has a huge following. Um, and then uh, how, do, how do you spell his name? Oh, you're testing me now. S A H D <laughs> Sadhguru. It means the people's guru in Hindi, but um, yeah, he'll be easy to find. We'll put it in the show notes as well. Yep. Yep. Okay. Any, okay. Any other ones? I highly recommend. Oh gosh, um, my husband laughs at me. Uh, Tony Robbins, um, Eckhart Tolle, um, uh, the usual suspects, you know, people that, like Tim Ferriss obviously, and uh, people that I try and, Sometimes I switch around, read Hoffman, um, you know, just trying to get a little bit of 
sometimes I'm so into what I'm doing and, and as a small business owner, as you know, you've got to do so much and it's hard to make space for, uh, you know, more, more um, conscious thinking about where you're going and the direction. So I try and take time um, for that every day. Yeah, no, me too, me too. And finally, what piece of advice would you give to your younger self? Um, I would say just you are enough and uh, to follow your excitement. Beautiful. Well, thank you so much for joining us today, Carmen. And just can you just share one last time how people can find you on all the usual channels? Can you just share that before we wrap up? Yes. Absolutely. On Instagram, it's uh, mineral underscore fox. And um, on the, so our website is mineralfox.com.au. And uh, they're the main ones. So um, if anyone would like any, any help, you can always email us as well. And that's on the website. Great. Once again, thank you so much. I, it's just been such a sort of mind expanding experience and, and I hope oh that other gosh. people enjoy it as well and have got a lot of value from this. I, I, really, I really appreciate you taking the time to share your knowledge. I know that, you know, going through the processes that you have gone through, I mean, it's a big journey and to share so freely and openly when so many people don't and it can be so hard to get answers. Um, you know, I just think that so much, you know, abundance will come your way in return. Like, I just think that, I mean, that's kind of what happened when I started doing my courses was just kind of going, you know, I'm just going to put it out there and what happens happens. And, um, yeah, I mean, I think some people can really hold all this information tight to them and I don't think it ultimately ends up serving them. So thank you so much for being so free and open and generous with your time and your knowledge and your experience. And I can't wait to, um, to try out your products in my, my next project. So thank you so much for your time today. Thanks, Natalie. Thanks for having me. All of the links and info for this episode are at nataliewalton.com forward slash podcast. Don't forget to subscribe so that you can get a direct download of the latest episode. And I really appreciate when you take a minute to rate and review, as well as share the love with someone you know who might benefit from this episode or on social media. If you'd like to access a range of free resources, come visit my website, nataliewalton.com. Thank you to Jaeger Media for producing this podcast. And I would also like to acknowledge the people of the Bundjalung Nation where it was recorded and pay my respects to elders past, present, and emerging. I look forward to connecting again soon. I'm Natalie Walton, and you've been listening to Imprint.